Hola, hola. Welcome back to Acantrenos. This episode we're going to discutir lo que es machismo. What is it? Where does it come from? How does it affect and affect our communities? And what are some ways to create positive images of masculinity? Pero antes de discutir, let's check in. ¿Cómo sientes hoy, Kelsey? Hola, hola. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Yo me siento bien. I just finished summer term and I'm at the end of my education journey with this master's. So that's super exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Soon you'll be job searching like me. I've submitted 12 positions. Anybody out there who knows of a therapist position in L.A. County, please let me know because I'm in need. Yes, let her know. So let's get right into it. So what is it? The word machismo is defined as toxic masculinity. That's what it's been constructed. I mean, I feel like that I've I've learned positive forms of what machismo actually really is and we'll and we'll get to that later, but let's talk about how masculinity has been socially constructed. Masculinity is socially constructed of what a man is supposed to be and they're taught through messages from family and it's reinforced by other by other family members and we receive messages through the media through the music we listen to but I also would like to add that women are not exempt from these negative messages women who um, identify as masculine center are heavily impacted by the social construction of masculinity and feminine women often were burdened with these negative uh, messages that our partners are receiving and therefore by default we have to kind of comb through all of that so let's where does it come from gender construction in latin america has often been cited as being significantly influenced by spanish colonization dominant conceptions of masculinity and femininity referred to as machismo and Marianismo, respectively, are rooted in the Spanish conquest, colonization, from what we know it today. And the influence, and the influence is coming from the social cultural conditions in Latin America and even in the US. There is a debate as to this relationship, relevance, changes, and influences of the extremes of machismo and Marianismo. I mean, if we think about our, our current societal situation, we have somebody who is uh, quote-unquote commander-in-chief who has completely showed us images of toxic masculinity grab the woman by her you know vagina aka pussy exactly so we hear we see those messages today so machismo is characterized by aggressiveness behaviors that are are expected like males to have multiple girlfriends multiple wives and we as feminine women are just supposed to, you know, shrug our shoulders and move along. Yeah, so I think there's definitely a lot of definitions for that. Um, I've also um, heard of more of the positive impact of what my machismo is just from how I was raised. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But um, I just think machismo has so much history and many definitions, as you guys heard Don Marie say. Um, but... 
I wanted to get the definition of what the word machismo really is, like the dictionary definition. Okay, so according to the Real Academia Española, which is basically the organization that's like the dictionary, they're the official organization that sets the rules for the Spanish language, um, machismo came from the original word macho, which consisted of defining male animals. It originated in a term that designated the male, the macho, of an animal species, making the female species the hembra. Um, I also read that around the 1990s, the word macho was mainly utilized to refer to culturally determined forms of masculinity by intellectuals and activists involved in examining the struggling against oppressive regimes grounded in ideas and relations of gender slash sexuality systems in journalistic writing, social science studies, and feminist critique of oppression of women and gays. From there on out, elsewhere in other parts of the world, macho always has had a negative um, connotation when referring to humans, and I think it was based on all of this that we both have talked about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so how does this affect our community? Well, I think it depends on how we as a community want to define the word and utilize it, like you said. Um, I'll self-disclose a little bit. I don't associate myself with my father. He was very violent and abusive man to my mother. Um, and long story short, he's just not someone that I have in my life. Um, but the reason why I'm sharing that is because... I'll never forget the day I think I was around six years old um, we had like officially moved out of my dad's house mom had finally walked away from the relationship and we moved in with my uncle and my dad came kind of like the macho like looking for us and I need my wife back kind of thing um, and they got into it and so excuse my language with what I'm about to say but I remember that um, my uncle told him, ¿Te crees muy macho, pendejo? Un hombre de verdad, un verdadero macho, protege y respeta a las mujeres. Because my dad had been very, like, physically abusive towards my mom. So he was like, you're not, she's, you're not even, like, man enough because, right. like, of the way you had been treating her. Um, so that stuck with me, like, my entire life. And growing up with him, like, being raised by him, he's also my nino. I always saw how wonderfully he treated my grandmother, my mom, his sisters his own wife he never had daughters but like me and my sister were like his daughters and nunca nos faltó el respeto nunca nos levantó la mano kind of thing so to me that macho of of like the home that i grew up grew up in to me machismo is brave hardworking, a respectful male um who protects women and respects them you know but somehow everywhere else machismo was like a negative thing so like it for me it was like I would hear that it was like a to be a macho you're a man you protect and you like you're a good man to women and then outside you know you would hear like oh machistas are so bad and so it's like those two definitions were just there, you know? But I, I understand because it's just the way it's been defined by culture or by... The dominant culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because, and I feel like, you know... Th- well, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. And I feel like that um, in my own personal experience, 
I didn't see that. There were a few men in my family who carried that same ideology that you spoke to with respecting the women and treating them as equals. Um, but still, even today, you know, there is this idea that because you are a man, then you are to be respected more in high regard than the women in our family. So, and I feel like it comes from living in this country because if we think about back to our native ancestors, that was, it was a matriarch. You know, patriarchy was not the system that was in place. And so with the shifts in our family structure, you know, I feel like that there, there, there could have been this pressure placed on our um, masculine individuals in the home that had just caused them to lose all of that respect, all of that treating women as if they're equal. Or being a team. Because, like you said, the natives were they all work together mm -hmm. to keep their community fed, to keep surviving, you know? Right. And we, like you said, it wasn't of who had more power. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure there was still something about, like, m the men go, like, and hunt and, you know, do the male masculine things that are a little bit harder for us women to do, but I don't think it was, it was, it definitely was nothing, like, it's now so to to that point Kelsey I feel like that there was more of a balance you know where you had women also who were hunter and gatherers and took care of the home and you had men who would do similar roles so I feel like there was this mutual respect for one another because without one another they couldn't move forward and thrive in their life and because of our systems we see so many single mothers we see so many single fathers and so there has just been this shift in our paradigm, unfortunately. Yeah, it wasn't about, like, overpowering anyone. At least I don't feel like it was back then. And so, this is something that was created by the oppressor. Um, and an article that I read on sciencejrank.org, it spoke exactly about this. So, the website stated that the word machismo, uh, mystic... The, the machismo's mystic is regularly led by to imply that somehow Spanish-speaking men and especially Spanish-speaking heterosexual men are more prone than men from other cultural backgrounds to sexist language, actions, and relationships. And how do you guys think this began? Yeah, because that's a, that's a strong statement. And I'm like, how is it that Spanish-speaking they're speaking about heterosexual men how is it that they're most they're the ones more prone i'm like where do they learn it from so hopefully you can fill us in kelsey yeah so well that literally came from nothing other than the u.s scholarships by academics here who have gone to mexico and many parts of latin america to study their oh so curious minds of our family our kinship and gender slash sexuality so what does that mean well, it means that through their research, they have developed their interpretations and paradigms of our culture. So that's where their strong accusation that our men, our heterosexual Spanish-speaking men, are these machos. Barbaric individuals. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I like to say, dear white people, you should not be studying our culture. 
study your hot dogs and baseball or whatever the heck a white culture is. No attack on baseball. I love me some Dodger baseball, but y'all get my point. Or if you want to study our culture, you know, do it from a collective perspective. Don't be observers. You know, that's kind of sketch. You know, like participate. There's something called participatory action research where one can go and take part in the community and let the community lead and let the community guide your research and, you know, let them have input on what, what it is that is being researched so it's not, uh, accu- you know, accusatory or presumptuous. Uh, because when we, when we start to do that, then, I mean, how valid is research? It's not. It's heavily skewed. So Yeah, and they're pegging, like, extreme sexism to one or another culture. And so that's like a dead end at best, you know? And a racist, going into this with that, like, racist, it's, it, it doesn't benefit. It doesn't even benefit their study, but it doesn't benefit, like, our culture. And then to, to top it off, they're studying, like, they're studying down, meaning they come after our populations that have been marginalized and oppressed, asked to a post of studying up, um, exam- examining like the ruling classes and finding political, social, and cultural fall with oppressed others, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's like you can go into a jungle or zoo of animals and be like, why are they acting like animals? You know, like you, you don't really know like the culture of what that community has, what the cultural traumatic norms experiences, of the right. yeah, what yeah. they've been through. So you don't really know. You can't just you know assume so yeah like to whose standards to whose measurements were they out there doing the research because what i'm hearing you say is that we all have our own normal and so if they're going into a a, another culture and if their normal isn't that particular culture's normal well then that's when we get that's when we begin to pathologize or we begin to make these assumptions and these conclusions about a person or communities that are inaccurate so yeah and how does it affect our community from my own personal experience and in the work that I've done I feel like specifically if we're talking about um, masculine individuals who are identifying as men I've seen them come in to my office and they really struggle with if they have been molested at a young age they haven't told anyone i have clients that have come in and shared their deepest darkest secrets quote unquote and related to child molestation and i i imagine and we discuss you know what is it like to carry that their whole lives because men are not to cry men are not to have any feelings men are definitely not supposed to be the ones getting raped or or getting molested and things of that nature so but these things are happening in our community so i've seen masculine men masculine individuals who are identifying as men be broken down because of these stereotypes of what this negative idea of what macho is supposed to be so they're coming in with low self-esteem um they can't hold jobs they're getting you know their families are being broken apart 
they are using substances or should I say abusing substances mm-hmm. um, which then leads to them stepping out on their families so it, it creates chaos these stereotypes these expectations these unreasonable expectations of masculine individuals in our world and then you know the burden also falls on the family falls on the children falls on the the partner um, so I, I have seen it suppresses an, the partner too yes. because um, the male has this like identity or role to fill and then the woman is suppressed from what she can and cannot do for her family or for her partner and if I think the families that have figured it out especially in our community that they're a team and that they kind of can work all together they're able to um decrease some of that stress than the families that are still trying to follow that like I'm the man and I pay for everything or I'm the head of household and you're the woman and you have to do this and that um and so I think it there's it's less chaos when the family knows how to let go of those idea that idea of what machismo should be yeah and some of the questions that i've asked some of my clients is related to having them begin to look at the relationship with masculinity or their relationship with machismo in order for them to see that as an outside kind of entity rather than that's who they are as a whole person have them begin to look at it as oh i learned this behavior it used to serve me now it's not serving me and so you know getting them to think of ways of how to one be their own person and create their own healthy images of what masculinity or machismo is yeah and i think like that's really important like how does our community um move forward to make machismo like a positive thing you know how do they let go of that idea of the negative macho or the man you know because i think it goes both ways like i think some men use it like for example like my dad like oh it's my wife and they're my kid yeah that possessiveness so how to help those kind of men like let go of that um behavior or attitude i guess you could say Mm -hmm. towards life and how to also help ease that feeling of stress and responsibility from those that feel i'm not macho enough i'm not being the male that i'm supposed to be i'm not able to take care of my family you know or whatever it is that's stressing them or making them feel like they're not fitting into the role of the male um just because i think like you said you see a lot of men that come in and probably believe okay i'm not doing enough for my family and you see this a lot like there's men in our communities that are working two three jobs just to be able to live up to a certain like um lifestyle and have certain things for their family 
when if maybe as a family they work together they would they would be able to move forward that way but maybe the male feels my wife shouldn't work or my wife shouldn't have this or that responsibility um another thing that i was thinking of too is like we have to work on making this a positive thing for our community also on how men like express their emotions yeah i think and i think that that's where it comes from like if there is this pressure for a man to be stoic for a man to hold down three to four jobs so that he can provide for his family um there's that's a lot of pressure like you said and i feel like that those you know though those people who are trans men masculine center women cis men who are out there begin to get a fine tooth comb like you know those those little small combs if you had piojitos and you would use them to brush out the piojitos like <laughs> i'm saying we really need to deconstruct like that's what i'm talking about like deconstruct what where does that come from for the individual because as you you shared us a positive story so maybe other people have positive stories you know and i i want to encourage all of our listeners to drop your positive stories of machismo in our in our comment section on instagram um let us know you know um and begin to create their own messages of what it is to be machismo for themselves and if and if you do have a negative story or negative role model that you know maybe taught you that machismo is beating a woman down or that machismo is never letting a woman speak out of place or never letting a woman express what she feels or even if you're a woman that you learn because there's women that grow up raised by men and so they learn machismo as like i'm not supposed to cry and show my emotions i'm supposed to be tough and that'll bring them issues in their dating lives that'll bring them issues when they're building their own family so if you have negative effects of machismo how can you overturn that like how can you change it so that you don't continue this cycle of this bad ombre as right. Trump likes to call it <laughs> or bad, ma- bad machismo um, that is obviously not benefiting you, your family, or even our communities. Right, and speaking of bad ombre, that alone right there plays into this idea that all people who are coming from Central South America are bad, right? Aggressive, when that's not the, when that's not the case. And one thing I wanted to add, you spoke about if you know, you're a feminine person and you're being impacted by this like myself um i date women and so i date masculine women and i have been told by some of these masculine women like hey yo you are actually coming at me in a toxic way like actually you have some toxic masculinity going on so as a feminine woman i can i'm impacted by those messages too and i have you know, I work with an organization called Brown Boy Project, and we do a lot of work around gender justice and and deconstructing masculinity and a lot of other things. You can Google us if you want to learn more. I don't want to detract from our topic. But, you know, that, that um, organization has taught me so much in, to understand masculinity as energies and how we as human beings we carry both of those energies and so i definitely um understand when you say that you know we 
those of us who are identifying as women are definitely impacted by these messages. Yeah, so if we, if you are, if we are impacted by those messages, we definitely, you know, what can we do to turn that around? I mean, even starting with the simple thing as like telling our little boys that it's okay to cry. Yes. Because it starts with little ones, yeah. you know, like, um, my sister does it sometimes to my niece. She's a girl, but she'll be like, why are you crying? Stop mm-hmm. crying. Mm-hmm. You don't need to cry. You're tough. Come on, get up. And so it's like hold on, like, of course, I'm not saying let the kid be a chillon chillona wherever they go, (laughs) but, you know, talk to them, like, okay, express yourselves, um, even if it's not just through crime, but what is that's going on, what is that you're crying about, not just, like, why are you crying, shut it down, don't cry anymore, I'm not saying that's what my sister does, not at all, she actually does really well at, like, getting my niece to communicate with her what it is that's bothering her that she needs but I'm speaking like in general when people have you know that mentality of like don't cry suck it up and like you know chin up and my mom was like that with me like wipe your tears clean off the mascara forget the boy or forget the situation mm-hmm. or forget the friend or whatever you're crying about chin up and move forward yeah same and here. It's okay it to be to have that strength, but then at the same time, that also makes you um, suppress your emotions, not knowing how to express yourself, and it you drown in it. If you don't know how to release your stress or express what you're feeling, you will definitely drown in it, and it brings anger issues. It brings depression. It brings all kinds of mental health issues, right? So... I just think we as a community, we, I think we, most of us feel like we have to be this, like, strong person. Like, mm-hmm. I'm strong, I'm hardworking. I know I do this all the time. Like, I'm always trying to live up to, like, what my mom was. She was strong, independent, single mother, working three jobs. Nothing stopped her. And so whenever I have my little weak moments, I'm like, oh my god, my mom would have told me to stop crying right now. But it's okay to cry sometimes. Or it's okay to feel weak or to not be able to do it all. Yeah, it's and okay for us to have up. bad days. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> Deep breaths. So, speaking of bad days, um, that can lead us to our chisme del dia. Um, I Don and I were talking about this off of the air, and we both had came across this video of the two um, Atlanta Braves baseball players um so they were seen hugging i i can't come up with their names right now but they were seen hugging one of them was hugging the other inside the dugout inside during the the game during the game yeah during the game and um it was put obviously recorded and it was put on social media and there was all kinds of homophobic anti-gay um comments and messages i remember i saw one excuse my language but was like oh these two fags were you know like just trash talking the team obviously probably someone that's like anti you know braves or whatever but just trash talking the team and um saying that the braves had um 
in their words, fag players. Mm. Um, but nobody had an idea why it was happening, right? right? So there's all kinds of comments. Why are they hugging? What is going on? And everybody is uncomfortable. Everybody's uncomfortable. And weird and, reason. Yeah, and the two players, um, well, so they're definitely masculine men who are fit because they play baseball, right? Um, they're black, Dominican. So then there's that also part of our culture, right? So yeah, how, how dare they hug each other? Que lastima. Yeah, and so it was it was drama in the comments and then later it comes out that one of the players' mother died. No me digas. While the game, you know, like during the game, like he, he got the news that his mother had died and so his friend was simply... Comforting him, comforting giving him, him compassion, and I feel like that was, you know, aside from the comments, even even before I knew that his mother had passed away, we don't ever see men give one another compassion. You know, I thought to myself, maybe he was tired, maybe he, whatever it was, you know, long day. It definitely looked like he had received some bad news, um... But whatever the bad news it was, even if it was something small, that's not a big deal to yeah. everyone else. It was obviously just, he was comforting him. I, there was no, like, there was all kinds of stupid comments, like, oh, maybe they're having a relationship, or, just I mean, even if they were, but, um, yeah, just simple ignorance. Without knowing the whole backstory. Yeah, and I think it was a, a powerful video. I think it was a beautiful moment for the world to see. I mean, like I said, aside from the comments, I'm glad that the video went viral because there were a whole slew of other supporters who were combating those negative comments saying, like, why can't two men hug? Why can't we see two masculine individuals showing love for one another that's what we need to see we just spoke about you know telling our little our, our little children that it's okay for them to cry well if they if we if we see more images like this going viral you know and even in their cartoons or even in the the movies that they watch then it won't be so taboo for masculine individuals to feel their feelings, to share their feelings. Because they're human beings. They love and they care. And honestly, I think that's what ruins and damages most of our men. I mean, you see it in relationships. Like, I am not going to tell him or her how I feel. I am not going to be the weak one. I am not going to be the committed one. I am not going to be the one who cries to my partner, um, whether it's a guy or a girl. But why not? Like... Your partner should be someone that you go to and confide in if you need to cry and let it out. Your family should be someone that you go and confide in if you need to let it out. And you see this cycle in the families in our communities. Men don't go to their dads or their moms if they're having a hard time with whatever's going on. Maybe things at school, maybe things at work. Because my dad told me not to cry. So how am I going to go to my dad and be like, I just got to cry and talk because mm -hmm. there's something going on within me or within my life circle of people that I need to let out. And so they keep these emotions in and they go about their lives living like that. And it's, it's miserable. Yeah, it's suppressing. miserable. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to go about your life and just put your chin up and go to work or go to school, whatever it is that you're doing 
without being able to just let it out. Like, yeah. we should be able to let it out, you know? Yeah, and, and different forms of letting it out, whether it be, you know, physical activity. Um, I know that they have the adult coloring books or, you know, whatever works for any individual therapy. There's support groups, and uh, we'll find a few resources, and we'll put them on our IG as well with some support groups or... Um, other avenues of deconstructing masculinity and how you can go about beginning to look at masculinity and the relationship it has in your life yeah yeah definitely I think it's it's just really important to start like we've said before spreading the message of goodness like spreading the message that it's okay Mm-hmm. for men to feel they're not supposed to be freaking robots yeah and that we're know? all impacted you know because it's a family it's a family cluster so to say you know if if uh you're impacted by it then i'm impacted by it and we be when we begin to see ourselves as a whole and a collective body then i i feel like we'll begin to take the necessary steps in our lives to create those healthy forms of masculinity and the healthy relationship with masculinity in our lives as well. Um, all right, guys. So that was our topic for today. Um, thank you so much for listening in. Um, Be on the lookout for our resources. And it's just been great. It really has been great to have this discussion. To all the men and boys of the world, we love you. Yes. Cry. It's okay. Yes. Uyora. Uyora. <laughs> and to the trans men and to the masculine center women, we love you. Tuyora. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Hashtag Tuyora. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys. Thank you again for listening in. This is our fourth episode. This journey has been interesting, but very, very fun. Um, and I can't wait to see what else we have to bring you guys. Have a great rest of your day or night, whatever time it is that you're listening in. Ciao. Bye.